Hello, extra time. You can't to the league not to get a hold because it, it damages your reputation. It, it makes people, when they read it, just laugh at you. The this is the Extra Time.ie Sportscast WNL Special. The Women's National League kicks off this weekend. We're going to look ahead to some really competitive games very shortly. Uh, some great guests today Rachel Graham of Shelburne Ladies and Kira McNamara, Cork City captain, will be joining us as well to help us preview the new season. I've got Dave Donnelly, as always, in studio with me. Dave, how are you? Grand, how are you today? Good, good. Uh, you can get us on at ET Sportscast on Twitter, at Extra Time News on Facebook, or Extra Time Live at gmail.com if you want to ping us on an email. Dave, it's a competitive looking league this year in the Women's National League. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the table here. Obviously, Wexford winners last year. Yeah, got everybody's one. level at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Wexford and Piedmont went close enough last year. You've got recent enough champions uh, with Shelburne and Piedmont uh, obviously challenging Wexford. And UCD and Cork were battling it out in the uh, FAI Cup final and both look pretty, uh, pretty resolute. Loot, so it's, it should be a tough old league this year. Um, I'll get your predictions in a few minutes, but uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about how tough it's going to be to uh, to battle to the top this year. Yeah, I think the consensus around the around the league and around the the, the fans seems to be that it's probably going to be up there with the most competitive leagues that there has been uh, since its inception. So yeah, there's you know I think of the top five, only really UCD have uh, have de strengthened uh, the rest of all strengthen quite significantly and even Galway FC as well there they've they look to be stronger than they were last year so it's going to be you know in the past it's been maybe one team two teams running away with the league last year it was kind of a two horse race for a lot of time I think this year is going to be a lot more even there's going to be a lot more teams taking points off each other and you know that's only going to be good for the for I guess the product of the league because it's going to be more exciting there's going to be more exciting games I like the word de-strengthened. You could even say weakened if you'd like, uh, but de-strengthened, we'll, we'll use that. I could even say that, but I won't. <laughs> um, you said there's going to be a lot more teams taking points off each other. There's going to be a lot more teams in general. Limerick have made it eight, rounded up. That's going to be an advantage to the league, I suppose. Yeah, there's one seventh more teams in the league this year, which is quite a significant increase. And uh, I think probably the, the most, um, I guess the most, uh, what would you call it, the most... The significant aspect of that, I guess, is the fact that there's no longer going to be seven teams. There won't be one team with a gap week every every week, and uh, you know, it's that has to be good just for consistency. Teams are going to be playing every week or every second week, uh, regardless of um, regardless of the fixture schedule, which has been a real problem for teams over the past couple of years. And I know, um, you know, when teams do fail to to build that sort of consistency, you have to look at the, the factors that the factors why they aren't and you know that's obviously one of them um, I'll hold off on getting your prediction your outright prediction for now let's go through a couple of the fixtures then uh, starting off the weekend we'll start at the the big one I suppose which is uh, Wexford Hughes versus Shells right at the top straight away yeah as well as the the current champions against the, the former champions I don't think you could have a could have a bigger game to start off the season I suppose um, there's been a bit of uncertainty in, in Wexford over the off season uh, they, they won the league last year and uh, we had actually uh, her, their coach Laura Heffernan on the show uh, a few days afterwards, and within a couple of days, um, she she left her position. Mm. So uh, th- there was that sort of uncertainty, but they've you know they've um, they've they've uh, I guess restructured. They've lost Jess Gleason, but the the bulk of their squad they've held together, and they they look like they're going to be stronger again this year. And Shell certainly, I think, will be stronger this year. After um, we'll we'll speak to to Rachel Graham later on in the show, but I think uh, they're 
you know, there's a huge amount of hurt in the team there uh, in terms of their performance last year and not hitting their level. So I think um, with with a couple of players they've brought back, um, you know, they're going to be stronger as well. So I think it's going to be a, you know, a, a great way to open the season. Is it going to be? Are they going to be hurting enough to go and and win away against a big rival on the opening day? What score do you see this one? Uh, I I really don't know how to call it. I hate I hate calling games on the first day of the season because mm. you know <laughs> we've got three more to get through. So <laughs> thanks. Uh, no, no, but uh, I I don't know. I I think if you look at the, the results between the teams over the past couple of years, it's it's usually been more or less neck and neck. So I'd I'd give it a two two. Oof. Big shout. Um, elsewhere, P-Mount then uh, start off against UCD. Another really competitive fixture, actually. As you said, P-Mount, um, well, they'll, they'll feel they can go better. They, they chased right till the end of the season there, weren't very close. They'll obviously think they can build on that. Um, it's, it's a tough enough start. Uh, home to UCD, I should point out. I think I said away, even they go home to UCD. Yeah, well, I think the, the big... Um the big bonus from P-Man's perspective is that they've strengthened at UCD's expense. They brought in uh, two Irish internationals, um, Anya O'Gorman and, um, and Karen Duggan. They've also brought in uh, the Irish international and uh, goalkeeper Neve Reed burke from, from Shelburne. So those are three significant uh, improvements in the P-Squad. And they've, they've, they're have they going to build on um, as well as their momentum from last season with a, a stronger squad. They're going to have um, you know that, maybe that little little bit extra class, a little bit of extra experience that might that might uh, that might uh, I suppose see to them this season, but uh, certainly in the first game against UCD, it's going to be a very, it's going to be a tricky one for UCD. Even though they've held most of their squad together, they have lost a significant amount of international experience. So I think that just might tell in the in the in the first game, particularly uh, in P Mount. They'd be hurting as well, I suppose, from having lost the the cup final late on in the season. It was in a pretty tight game against Cork, who themselves go to Galway for the first game of the season in uh, what should be not a relatively tight one. It, Galway or Cork I should say maybe look like a team who can possibly have the potential to kick on a bit this year yeah I think they both do um, I think uh, even looking at Galway over the past few days they've they've uh, re- re- you know re- retained an awful lot of their squad from last year they brought in uh, Alex Starr from, from uh, the US so you know there's a bit of strength going on there too Cork City have um, you know they've, they've retained the I think the majority of their squad from last year as well. We saw how important uh, Claire Shine was coming back from Glasgow and uh, shooting them to the to the you know cup final win. And uh, I believe they uh, it hasn't been announced, but they have uh, another Irish international youth to come in as well to the squad before uh, the season starts. So they'll certainly be stronger. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, those two teams they have kind of lingered around mid table or the, the bottom end of the table for the past few years. So maybe. I don't know. Will the expect expectation weigh on Cork or Cork City a bit? Will Galway be, be freed up maybe just by the by the lack of expectation? It'll be interesting to see. But uh, I'd suggest that uh, Cork will probably just edge. And finally, Limerick kill Kenny. Kenny obviously didn't have the best of season last season. It'll be interesting to see what Limerick bring to the table coming in this season. Um, probably a bit hard to predict. This could act as I suppose a bit of a, a yardstick for the season ahead. Yeah, two unknown quantities again. I think uh, Limerick obviously a new team in the league. Uh, not really an awful lot known about uh, who they brought in yet, and and um, I believe they've they brought a lot of players across who maybe do have ex- WNL experience with Cork City, so they would have brought in a few players maybe who would have been at Kilkenny as well. So um, you know, I think uh, th- those two teams is going to be it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. That uh, they'll probably be duking it out for the, the bottom two places in the league, and I think uh, Kilkenny in particular they've. Lost Casey McQuillan during the off season again, so it's kind of a it's 
seems to be constant turmoil at Kilkenny at the moment and just constant change. They had a good few managers last year, so uh, just from their perspective, I think um, you know the goals of both those teams are probably just to be to, to win a couple of games next year. And I suppose, luckily from their their own point of view, they both have each other that that they can be. All right, Dave, we're going to hear from Cork's captain Kieran McNamara very shortly. But first, let's uh, let's have a chat to Shelburne's Rachel Grain. You can subscribe to each new episode of the Extra Time WWE Sportscast on iTunes. Please give a rating or add a comment there to let us know your views. Delighted to say Rachel Graham joins us on the line. Now, Rachel, obviously uh, not being able to defend your title last season will come as a, a bit of a disappointment, but uh, you must be sort of raring to go to put that right this season. Yeah, definitely. I think um, last year, you know, was a big disappointment for all of us. Uh, I think it was a lot worse than maybe we expected to do, or maybe that's, I don't know, was it a cockiness thing that let us down? But hopefully this year now we can put that same mistakes right and challenge uh, for the title this year. You probably can't call the season too much of a failure, I suppose, because you did retain the cup, but I know going far in the Champions League was one of your big goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, like last year, we, we obviously didn't qualify, but I think I think we performed as well as we could have performed, and maybe a bit unlucky there not to qualify, so... You know, it's definitely there within our reach and it's something we are um, capable of. So hopefully if we win the league this year and next year, then we can push on and qualify into the last 32 of the Champions League. Uh, what exactly do you think it went wrong last year? You, you kind of hinted at cockiness there, but was it more of a, a failure of approach maybe? Um, well, I think, well, the ultimate thing that let us down was these too many draws. Um, I think, I don't know, maybe we're conceding goals too easy, whereas last year I think we had a bit more kind of hunger and doggedness in us and um, I don't know, maybe that was something that was missing last year, but I think certainly judging from pre-season this year and the games we played in pre-season, it's, that seems to be gone anyway, so hopefully we'll just carry that now into the game uh, coming Sunday. All right, and it's been uh, there's been a big change over over the the, the off season in terms of the, the managerial side of it. Uh, Mark Levy and uh, Sean Mar have departed, I believe, for uh, kind of time, uh, I suppose, uh, time management reasons, I guess, and. Um, uh, sorry, Danny Crowley's come back into the club. Um, it has has it been as well as a, a continuous process the the changeover between those two? Yeah, like it was pretty seamless to be honest. Mark was there to start to introduce Danny and um, you know our new staff. And I mean, Danny's excellent coach, excellent manager, and he's you know that shows in his experience. So we're all excited to have him. It's obviously really sad to lose Sean and Mark. Um, Sean was an excellent coach, and Mark Mark was a brilliant manager. But um, unfortunately, Sean just couldn't commit this year, and Mark's the same. So I think it's probably the best replacement we could have asked for. And uh, under the lads, you kind of shifted a ro- the, the, your role, I should say, a bit last season, um, coming back from injury, if I'm not mistaken. You sort of operated at fullback at times, as opposed to the usual yeah. sort of centre of the pitch area you had operated previously. Um, is there a bit of a, a need to get back to that from your point of view, or are you happy sort of playing that sort of more versatile role? Well, to be like, I mean, when he said to me, first of all, you're going to be playing right full, I was a bit shocked. I just, I didn't think I had the kind of attributes to be a right full, but um, I thought I slotted in well and performed well in games. And then um, I shifted into centre-half for some games. And, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to play, where, no matter where it is. But um, I think, to be honest, where I prefer to play is into the middle. So hopefully this season I'll get more games in the middle. But if not, I mean, I'm happy once I'm on the pitch. I suppose one of the benefits of uh, having a couple of extra players come in, uh, the likes of Noel, Mur- Noel Murray, obviously, who's taken over the captaincy, and uh, Jess Gleeson coming in from Wexford Youth, is maybe um, there will be a bit more of uh, room for playing in your own, your kind of your own specialist positions. That's it, yeah. Like obviously, Jess is a great centre half, so um, that's where she's probably going to play, and Noel's in the middle there as well. But she's a lot more advanced than I would, and a lot more attacking. So um, 
and hopefully then that uh, allows Jamie Finn to kind of shift out to right for where our natural position is. So I think last year, yeah, we had a good few injuries. I don't think we ever had a full squad for any game. So players are just filling in slots and stuff. So hopefully this year now that can be rectified and everyone's playing in their strongest position. And I suppose the the major change in the league over uh, over the off season is uh, it's been bumped up to eight teams with um with Limerick coming in. Um, obviously, I, I guess um the fact that it looks like you'll now have probably a game every week or at least uh, you know with the odd off week, uh, it's going to be a lot more consistent and maybe that will help you build more consistent performances. Yeah, definitely. Last year, I think I mean there was one team that was idle every week, so that's it's two weeks almost, say from your from one game to the next if you're idle. So. And then with the breaks and stuff, it's just not ideal if you get a good run and then you're breaking for four weeks. And it's just, and even in training and stuff, players know there's not a game the weekend. And it's just not, it's not the same feeling in training uh, when you know you're kind of fighting for your spot for that weekend's game. So hopefully this year, kind of a bit more seamless and there's not as many breaks. I think it's the best for everyone. Rachel, I know you've done a bit of um, coaching with Chelsea under 16 as well. You must be pretty happy seeing the, the first national underage women's uh, teams launching in, in July, I think it is. And, and I can imagine a few of those you've coached over the next while might well be involved. Yeah, I think, well, the team that I coached last year, the under 16, um, I think that's probably going to be the bulk of it now. So it's, it's, say it's a mix of our 16s and 18s this year. But it would have been kind of, say, our 16 team last year who uh, really dominated in in uh, underage football last year, they won everything. Bradley Cup, and I mean, there's some special players in there. They they're trying up with us uh, some of the weeks, and they're you know they're not standing out for bad reasons at all. They're they're really mixing it well, and I I, I would be very surprised if that Shelburne team wasn't challenging for the under 17 title. And it's it's such a young league at the moment. Uh, I think across the board, whereas uh, maybe Shelburne would be one of the more uh, I guess experienced squads. But um, Mark last season, and I'm guessing Danny this year, um, hasn't been afraid to use those underage players. So do you kind of see a lot of players from the under 19s putting uh, putting pressure on the first team again this year? Ah, uh, definitely. I think I think especially this year with the squad that we have and the younger players are a year older again, so a year more experienced. That um, I think it's the first time. I don't think anyone could name the starting eleven, whereas last year might have had a fair idea, but I think, you know, everyone's place is up for grabs and everyone has to fight and there's I mean there's at least competition for with two people in each position. So which is good for us um, to have that in house competition that only pushes each other. So I think it'll only benefit us and hopefully it does. And it's great to see uh, the young teenagers like uh, Leanne Kiernan and uh, Isabel Atkinson getting, uh, you know, f- uh, full senior uh, recognition. I guess it, it goes to show that at some level, and I include you that you and that in the coaching uh, perspective, uh, it shows that the, the processes in the club are working well and they're, they're really bringing through players to high quality. Yeah, definitely. I think well, I think Shell's always had a good underage structure, and Leanne was one who came through that. Um, you know, they they kind of seem to attract the best players in the area and even some from around the country are travelling up to play and um, it just goes to show that I mean I can't remember how many players we had who came through say the Shelbourne Academy last year but it was probably the bulk of our squad and even looking at some of the under 12s and their 14 teams with some very good players there in the future it's definitely looking bright for Shelbourne and I believe you're um, you're currently in your final year of a sports management degree at Carlo IT is that correct? Yeah down in my fourth year now final year so I'll be graduating in May and into the big bad world then, so we'll see what with that holds. And is the, is the plan, or the, I guess the hope is that you're going to be able to get some sort of position in coaching after you finish that? Well, that's it, even, like, I'm, I mean, I'll always do it, even if it's, you know, it's not a job or it's not being paid, I just put my love, so I'll, I'll always do it, but if, if a job comes up in football, and uh, I mean, that's 
something that's ideal for me. I'd love to have a career in football, so hopefully um, that's what the future holds for me. Uh, Rachel, you've spoken of your uh, well, your hunger, I suppose, to, to get back and be straight into uh, winning ways again. Well, your first game is against defending champions, Wexford. Uh, what can we expect from that? And I suppose, what can we expect for uh, from your love for this season? Uh, well, I think Wexford, I mean, they're always a strong team. I think any time we play them, it's been a tight game. And I don't, even if we've, if we've beaten them by two or three goals, it's still always a tough game. And it's right down to the end. They're, they're never never say die team. And, in your face, 100 mile an hour. So that's what we'll be expecting Sunday anyway. And, you know, for the rest of the league, I think it's going to be the same with teams. Each team is getting stronger and stronger. And, you know, whereas you would have beat a few teams by a good few goals a few years ago, it's not the case anymore. And, you know, you're not depending on one team to beat another. Any team could beat any team. So I think it's going to be a, a tight and exciting league this year. Uh, it's it's a tough start with uh, Wexford and then obviously uh, Piedmont I think uh, in the second week. So um, apart from maybe Limerick uh, and maybe Kilkenny who are maybe unknown quantities at this point, um, the rest of the teams will probably all be of a of a standard where they can take points off each other. Is it I guess is it consistency that's going to win the league this season, or is it going to be you know who can score the most goals? Uh, I think consistency is is probably the big thing. It's you know, it's not enough to just be able to score goals. You have to be able to stop them as well. And um, I think I think last year was probably the the, mo- the most um, where people were beating each other. Um, whereas a couple of years before that, it was kind of you know maybe two or three teams that you would think were winning every week, and it was just between them three who beat each other, who got the most points out of them games was going to win. But definitely this year, um, I can see you know the likes of Cork and Galway are getting stronger and stronger, and uh, it's definitely not going to be as as open as it has been. Rachel Graham, thanks so much for talking to us and best of luck for the season ahead. Thanks very much, thank you. You're listening to the Extra Time.ie Sportscast. Cork City Women's Captain Kira McNamara joins us now to talk a little bit of the season ahead. And Kira, getting to lift your first ever FAI Cup after a fairly tough league season and then celebrating Cork's footballing successes in Grand Parade last year. Well, that must be, uh, must be still sort of sinking in, but you must be hoping for much of the same this year. Yeah, I suppose it was a it was a fantastic day for uh, Cork Soccer. I suppose with us lifting our, as you said, our first FAI Cup uh, trophy, and then the lads winning the double as well on the day, and then to go back to Cork on the Sunday evening, and then as you said on Grand Parade on Monday night, and all those fans are kind of in front of you and just kind of be able to lift it up and I suppose show like that our hard work had paid off, and just be able to kind of bring it around to local clubs and stuff over the last couple of months and schools and stuff where all the girls had grown up and kind of show it off to the younger players and kind of say look okay things mightn't go your way at the start but I mean if you keep working keep pushing look these are the things you can do you know and I suppose like having won the FA Cup last year come back this season it's given, given us a more of a hunger for it I suppose and like when you experience something winning something like that you just want to keep winning as a player you know you want to keep experiencing that feeling and also hopefully we can bring that form into the start of this season and sure who knows what we can do I suppose yeah, and just on, on how tough it was, I mean, it looked a really tough and grueling game. I know we reached out for <laughs> to try and get a, a couple of people on after, but I'd say they were fairly busy celebrating at the time. But we just wanted to touch, I suppose, a little on the cup final because um, it did look an extremely grueling game, uh, but you managed to keep a clean sheet at the back, so it must have been job done for yourself. Yeah, I know we, we the back four and were, I thought, were very good on the day, and I suppose everyone really did their bit. The midfield, like, Claire Shine got a fabulous goal, great ball through from Kadem after finder, like, and Claire does what she does best and finished in fairness and like everyone put in their put in their shift the girls who came on did their job and 
like Frank and his staff had us well prepared in the week coming up to it. Like we did plenty of good analysis. We we played UCD twice or three times before, so we kind of knew what they were about. It was just a matter of I suppose fine tuning those mistakes we made against them in previous games and working on what we were good at, you know. But yeah, no, it was a it was a tough game, but just to hear that final whistle and know that we we're going to be lifting the cup was just fantastic. Yeah, do you think it was pretty much something like that, like that goal that would have is pretty much the only thing that would have separated you two on the day? I, I probably would have said you you probably would have edged it, but it looked just so tough um, for for both teams up top defensively. I thought both teams were on song. Is is it pretty much only a wonder goal like that that could have won it? Yeah, I think so. I suppose like we were, as you said, we were probably kind of close enough anyway. And like I know when you have players like Claire Shane and Sears in the pitch, you know something's going to happen. Or you know she she did have two or three chances before that, and we were kind of going. Oh, she hasn't stuck him, but like, look, Claire's score and goes with that all season for us. So, like, we knew if it was going to fall to her again, we knew there was another chance she was going to stick it. And as you said, lucky enough, she did. And we were just lucky enough, we played really well at the back as well. We kept tight, we, you know, cleared our lines and things like that. So, yeah, no, it was brilliant. Uh, Claire coming back uh, seems to have been a, a bit of a turning point for the, the club in terms of maybe. Um, uh, I suppose where you can aspire to go because uh, I think the the goal in the final probably summed it up maybe something that you you haven't always had a you know a clinical uh, you know internationally proven goal scorer yeah no Claire has you know brought huge experience I suppose with Glasgow and playing with the international teams going up as well she brought great experience to us like something I suppose we were kind of lacking really you know no goal scorer you know like, I suppose we had Saoirse and she was kind of young she was finding her feet in the National League whereas Claire had played a couple of seasons with in the National League with Cork and went down with Rohini as well and had been successful with them and then she went over to Glasgow and she was brilliant over there so just to have an asset like her come back to the club was absolutely fantastic and know that like in recent years I suppose we wouldn't have had a goal scorer but know that if we were passing up to Claire you know eight, nine times out of ten she was going to find the back of the net you know and as a defender it's brilliant to know that when you're keeping the ball up there there's someone up there who's going to hold it up and going to lift other people up you know so no Claire was a brilliant asset now last year to be fair. And having yourself been involved in, in Cork over the past few years, you'll have seen that sort of a continuous improvement year on year. Um, do you feel that m- maybe the club just needed something like like a big final win to maybe just uh, I don't know to to make a tipping point, I guess, into into where you can where you can go. Yeah, I suppose like kind of in the last few seasons, I suppose when Nyla Regan took over. I mean, in my first season with Charlie Lynch, I think we we drew two games and like there was two points for it. It was a fantastic achievement for Cork because they didn't really have, in recent seasons, didn't really have a great couple of seasons but Niall came in and then like different players started coming in and like Saoirse, Tara Gorman, Daniel Burke, all young international started coming in and started coming into their prime I suppose and like the last couple of, well, last season was, we were getting results and kind of starting to build momentum like we didn't do in previous seasons and we went on a fair, we beat P-Mount and, and then when we went on to play Wexford and we kind of had a good vibe, I suppose, going into the cup final, and it was, as I said, it was just fantastic just to beat UCD, a team who we hadn't beaten before, to beat them on that day. I suppose was that was that just a little bit sweeter, I suppose. And and that progression year on year is, uh, um, you know, um, I, I think across Cork City football in general, there seems to be a really good feeling with, uh, you know, obviously with success as well. But um, in terms of the, 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 you know, just living in the county and living in the city and kind of feeling the vibes around the place, do you, do, do you feel that there's something really special brewing in the city? Yeah, I think so. I suppose now we've kind of merged with the men's results, so we're all under the one banner, so we have 15 boys all the way up to senior and us as well and our, we'll have an under 17 team you know, in the women's national under 17 women's national league so yeah there's something there's something growing down in Cork and, and it's good I suppose like if you look at like all the players who've come out of Cork in recent years you've Claire you've Denise 
you know, you've all those girls kind of going, you know, far across across the England and Denise is flying it down the state. So like it's about time I suppose Cork kinda of, like stepped up a small bit and kind of, you know, put it up to the rest of the clubs around the country. So hopefully now we can motor on this season, we can get our heads down again and hopefully push for a bigger and greater thing. Another interesting uh, development in the league, I suppose, is Limerick being involved now as well, uh, which should be interesting this year for, for a bit of local rivalry, I suppose, for yourselves in a, in a Munster perspective. Yeah, no, um, I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to it because um, like I know a lot of the girls who, who I've played with some of the girls who are on the Limerick team, like Megan Carroll, I would have played with her when I was younger. She was at Cork for a few years. So, yeah, no, it's, it's good for the league to have an eighth team because last year there was only seven and you could have a free week and you might be unlucky when you get your free week. Like, you, like obviously there's international breaks and you might have two weeks in no game and you might be unlucky enough to have it be on a free week after international break. So if you're trying to build momentum, it's hard to kind of see, like when you're three weeks out of the game, it's hard. But now with this year, with Limerick coming in, um, we won't, like every team will be playing every week. So and I'm delighted for Limerick as well because like down through the years, they would have had great Gainer Cup teams. They would have really been competing. So it's about time, I suppose, another team to the league. Yeah, that, the, the issue of the, kind of the the uneven number of teams, it must be, um, you know, I think everybody listening to this show has probably played at some level where they've, you know, you know, with the weather in Ireland, you're, you you might have like a couple of games in a row cancelled and you, you sort of lose lose any momentum you have. But at the elite level, it must be so so frustrating to maybe look at the fixture calendar and you don't have a game for three weeks or a month. It must sap some of that momentum that you build up. Yeah, I suppose it can be frustrating. And especially when the league was in a winter league, it was even more frustrating because you could have four games out of four weekends out of the game. And it is like, I mean, you can do all the training in the world, but like it's playing matches where it counts. It's, you know, like you, you do get sick of training, I suppose, as a player to some extent, you know. But um, yeah, no, thankfully when I changed to summer soccer, like it's not as bad. Thankfully now I know Ireland can be un- unpredictable at the best of times, but the chances are you're not going to have a long break like that. You might have the two and then you two for international break and then you'll be back in again. So it's not too long. Thankfully, it has improved over the last season or two. Of course, you start the uh, season away to Galway, so um, you must be hoping to kick on, I suppose, as you mentioned, and, and maybe even talk about uh, challenging the top tier this year. Yeah, hopefully. No, Galway should be a very good game. We're, we were close enough to Galway last year. We kind of got the better of them once or twice, I think. But no, Galway will put it, always put it up to us, especially when they're at home. They're, I think they're a hard team to beat at home, and they'll be ready for us, I suppose. They, they want to, as every team will, like, you go into a game as FA Cup champions. I know if I was in their position, I'd be wanting to be beating the FA Cup champions in the first game of the season, but We've worked hard over pre-season. It's been a long pre-season, but like Frank and Ivan and Eric and all, they've put us through our paces. And I think we'd be ready for Galway now come uh, Sunday. And I'm looking forward to Leeds to get started, to be honest. Yeah, looking forward to seeing the new season ahead. Kira, thanks very much for joining us. We'll speak to you again soon. Thanks very much. Log on to extratime.ie Interesting there, Dave, that uh, what Rachel touched a little bit on the cockiness maybe that came with Shelburne, sort of having won things for a couple of years, maybe Cork had gone the other way, having just maybe broken a mould and, and picked up a trophy. Um, could be the, the year for Cork, I suppose. The, I suppose the opposite is true for them. This, this could be the, the taste of silverware they needed to sort of kick them on. Yeah, I'd expect them to kick on and get better, but I think um, you know the, the level is probably going to get higher as well. The, the, the top level is going to get higher, so you know it's going to be it's going to be a big reach for them to you know, to start thinking about the top of the table. But certainly, um, I think improvement this season would be would be a huge step for Cork, Cork City. I've kept, uh, I've kept everybody waiting on your predictions. Um, so who's going to win in terms of outright? We've had a look through some of the fixtures. We've spoken to, to two of the, the personnel going to be involved. Are you any more convinced now in your selection? Who's your selection going to be, Dave? 
as top of the league. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought the same last year, and I got I got egg in my face. But um, I, I think Shelburne probably have the the best squad. So I think if they if they get it right and they're not too cocky, as they say, yeah, uh, they I think they will. You know, just just edge the title because they do have that little bit of extra quality. Uh, yeah, I'd probably agree with John. Be surprised to see Cork kick up the to the top three maybe this year as well let's look ahead then to a couple of League of Ireland fixtures um, coming up on Friday of course we had all the, the games abandoned last time we did some really in-depth stuff only for it to uh, have to go in the bin and not ever be used so we've got some really interesting games coming up uh, we're going to start with the big one Dundalk Cork um, I mean it's, it's early in the season so you can't really call it a decider by any means mm-hmm. but it's looking a bit more precarious I said to you a couple of weeks back I asked John Caulfield after the opening game against Pats how important um, it is that Dundalk are dropping points at this point of the season already. This could even mm-hmm. again really extend because I mean that's what it came down to last year. It came down to Cork bang out form, Dundalk bang in form, but there was just too much of a gap in it. Dundalk, you know, faltered in the early parts of the season. A defeat here could could echo that. Yeah, well, I believe John Caulfield shot you down when you asked that question. He right? d- well, he didn't shoot me down as much as want to just concentrate on his own team winning, which was very mm-hmm. fair and not want. Uh, you know, first game of the season, title yeah. deciding questions. But I, I just, um, it was, it was polite about it as ever. <laughs> he didn't shoot you any angry glances. No, he was in too good a form. Yeah, I suppose he would be. But yeah, I, I don't think managers get too carried away at this time in the season. I think, uh, you know, it is an important game just because of who the two teams are. But um, you know, I think, uh, I think looking at Cork City, I know they have such a good record against Dundalk the last the last uh, couple of years. But I, I just suspect they probably would be happy enough with a draw. I, th- I think Cork win this. Just looking at them so far now, admittedly, since Dundalk have had the confidence boost of getting back to uh, to their rhythm, having stuck a past mm. Limerick. As they taste monster blood. They have, a, <laughs> they have red and blue blood in their mouths. <laughs> Another standout game. Oh well, I suppose I push it for prediction. You think draw? Uh, I no, I, I'd fancy Dundalk maybe just to edge it by the really? one goal, but, but a draw wouldn't surprise me by any means. But I think it. But it's less likely that Cork will win but I'm going to probably have egg in my face again so mm, I think Cork win this one consistent team of the show I think yeah yeah I I, <laughs> I I think Cork win this one actually Dublin Derby Bows and Pats yeah um, I'll be, be at that one myself really so, yeah um, uh, yeah it should be a good game I was talking to Jared Bryan earlier actually and he was uh, you know even reminiscing back to, to his playing career for, for both teams it's, it's always a you know keenly contested game and maybe it flies under the radar a bit compared to the, the Bowles Rovers game but you know it's a you know it's a huge amount of pride at stake and I think usually good games I think last year we had the, the classic 4-0 with Conan Burns scoring from behind the halfway line and you know uh, Bowles rolled back and won, won the won the final game Uh Final game at Richmond Park, mm. so you know it's uh, it's um, I guess it's it's going to be a good game, I think, which pretty much guarantees it's going to be absolutely awful. <laughs> Egg in your face. Um, I think what's interesting about this one, actually, if you remember, there was a point in the season last season where Pats had just been terrible most games, mm. but they beat Rovers and Bows and looked really good in those two games. You kept thinking this is going to kickstart, yeah. so they picked themselves up certainly for some of those games. Might do that again. Mm. Good chat. Really competitive one. I, I could see Pat's... I was a bit more impressed with them this time. I could see Pat's nicking this, actually. Yeah, I think well, both teams, um, may, maybe Pat's more so than Bowles, will never be... They'll never be down for a derby. They'll always, um, they'll always, you know, pick their game up to the level that they, you know, would expect of themselves. Uh, Bowles maybe, um, you know, I think they've... 
I think this season we'll see an awful lot more consistency out of bowls than we did last year. So maybe they won't be lifting their game so much in these sort of games. They'll be just keeping their level. But Pat's certainly, um, I think they have a bit to prove, certainly after the after the disappointing defeat away in, in Waterford. And uh, I think not having not having the cushion of a, you know, an immediate game to come up to bounce back from that. Obviously, both teams are coming off defeats, but I think uh, Pat's probably be a bit more disappointed with theirs. So uh, I think they'll be just be itching and have a little bit of hunger. And I'd uh, back them maybe just to sneak it again, another away win. In a pretty spineless uh, turn for the books from my own part, I'm going to uh, call this one the battle for third place. Rome back on me saying that Shamrock Rovers had a good chance <laughs> of winning it this year. No, it, they were impressive. I mean, they've got their, their sort of confidence back as well, having thrashed Bray. Um, but they play Derry. Derry, good to see them getting the win, get things underway. In a way, kind of kickstart their season. Because, um, I, again, I'm still not really totally sure what kind of a team Derry are this season. Um, they look yeah. like they could be a little bit inconsistent and I think the issue I pointed I, I said to you last year was they kept drawing too many silly games towards the end of the year but it could be a similar you know battle between these two towards the end of the season so we could realistically and it's probably very early to be saying it but we could have first versus second and third versus fourth this weekend yeah possibly yeah well certainly from last season we do so um, yeah I I, I to be honest I haven't seen an awful lot of Derry I think uh, from, from the reports I heard of the Bowls game uh you know, it was an even enough game, and Derry just won on a on a on a set piece. So, it's uh, you know, I I, I don't think Derry are fully motoring uh, so far this season. The worry I expressed a couple of weeks ago at the start of the season was that um, you know, they wouldn't really be able to replace the likes of Barry McNamee, the uh, the likes of Aaron Barry. Those kind of players, they don't really have the I guess don't have the resources or the um, or just the the, the player capital to. Uh, replace like with like so you know it'll be interesting to see how their how their new signings gel over the over the course of the season but uh, at the moment I just think um, you know uh, Rovers probably have their tails up a bit but at the same time Kenny Shields record against the uh, Rovers is more or less flawless so uh, it's hard to, hard to not to back in but I think uh, maybe they'll just cancel, cancel each other out this time and maybe a, maybe a boring nil-nil do you think so I, I... I said in a spineless twist, I'm actually still going to back Rovers to win this. I still think they have, they have too much talent. I think it's going to have to shine through at some point and, and maybe just kind of put them in the upper echelons against some of the teams that that they'll be coming up against weekly. Uh, consistency is still the mm-hmm. big issue, but off the back of a 6-0, they should have the bit between the teeth. They should be ready to, to sort of kick on a bit from well, I just I just think over the past couple of years, having watched the Kenny Shields manage uh, against both Pat Fenlands and Stephen Bradley's side, he just seems to have kind of the measure of them and he just seems to know how to sort of stop them playing and also play the way that he likes to play, which is positive passing football and getting men into space. I've seen it, you know, even twice last season at Tallaght. They just, um, you know, they didn't do an awful lot spectacular, but they, they passed the ball well and they just, they're, they know how to nullify teams, not by being negative, just by setting themselves up in a way that, you know, is the right way to set themselves up. And I think... Uh, you know, I think Kenny Shields will will kind of come down to Tala, and every time he's down in Tala, he always makes the point that we're so fortunate to have won the game at the at the mighty Shamrock Rovers and all this stuff, and he he really lays it on thick. But uh, I think he, you know, he does come down with a mindset that you know, if you know, if if I can if I can set my team up right, and if we keep a clean sheet, we have a chance of winning. And so far, that's proven very successful for him. But um, on this occasion, I I suspect maybe a bit of extra quality at Rovers. Maybe a bit less quality at Derry than last season. They might just cancel each other out. I think this kind of adds further uh, credence. To, did we joke last year about uh, Kenny wanting the Rovers' job? I mean, he 
a true bit of shade Keith Long's way last year as well, or mm. last year, last week. So uh, you know, insulting your rival is probably probably a good way to get uh, get on the good side. Yeah, he's uh, he's winning themselves some admirers, I think, <laughs> uh, on 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 Talloway, but uh, Wastetown way, but. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Stephen Bradley's fairly safe in that job for the for the foreseeable future. And I think Kenny probably enjoys enjoys the Jerry Derry job and would probably like an awful lot more money to do it even better. It's like a Waterford. The uh, it's another very competitive fixture. That actually, it, it's again still hard to tell with Waterford. Bastianeri, the form he's in, the way he's played so far, he could potentially boss that Sligo midfielder around the place, cause him quite a bit of trouble. Yeah, I think um, I I haven't seen Waterford play this year. I've only seen the highlights of the games. But from what I've from what I've gathered, they've been more than competitive in all their games. And even the the Cork City game uh, that they lost, uh, you know, there wasn't an, an awful lot in it against the champions away to the champions. So I think they'll they'll be going into the game with plenty of confidence. Anyway, uh, Sligo maybe their form so far this season has been been up and down. The two two probably poor enough losses and uh, the the home win over Derry so I think they'll they'll be uh, they'll be confident the win on a home but I think uh, in terms of the game itself maybe it won't be the most pretty game in the world in terms of two teams that maybe aren't maybe aren't so wedded to a tr- to attractive passing football it'll be uh, attritional maybe the conditions probably still aren't very good uh, from the from recovering from the from the bad weather so uh, I don't know uh, strange it'll be difficult to uh, to, to predict I think but uh, I think uh, you know the likes of Gavin Houlihan maybe just will have that little bit of extra quality for uh, for Waterford, but we'll see, I suppose. I think another draw on the cards there, and finally the minus seven goal difference derby, Limerick Bray in the markets field, both sitting pretty on minus seven there at the moment. Um, after, I mean, this is a game of of extremely low confidence. You would think after an absolute pummeling for both of these teams uh, in the most recent games. Yeah, I think it's uh, nil nil. Defenses on top might be a. Uh, might be the order of the day. I think both both teams will probably be looking to to rectify the problems from from midweek last week, and maybe I don't know. You'd hope that neither side overcompensates and just kills the game off. But as I've said uh, on the podcast the last couple of times, I, I just don't really see much out of Bray at the moment. I think uh, if there is kind of a a plan for where they want to go, they're they're in the early stages of of reaching that. And with Limerick, I, I I'm I'm not exactly sure what to expect because they're they're such a new squad, they're a new manager. So uh, you know, it'll be interesting from a from a tactical point of view. Two two managers who have their first first job at this level. So uh, you know, it's it, I don't know, it's 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 hard to predict. Uh, if you're going going on paper, I'd probably say Bray, but on maybe on on kind of the forms of her this season, you'd probably look at look at Limerick. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I'll do. Dave, thanks very much. We'll leave it there for the time being. Cheers, Dick. Cheers. We'll speak to you next week.